RTHK News. It's 11 o'clock. I'm Robert Kemp. Tonight's headlines. The chief executive holds his first LegCo Q&A session, telling lawmakers he will set up working groups to tackle four key problems. Health officials fear the epidemic situation here is getting worse, and the government doesn't rule out the idea of setting up a Singapore government-style wealth fund. Chief Executive John Lee has told his first Legislative Council question and secession that his administration will set up working groups as soon as possible to tackle four key problems for Hong Kong. Mr Lee says the groups will look at intergenerational poverty in disadvantaged young people, land supply, district affairs and the production of public housing. Chief Executive told lawmakers that his style of governance was about taking action, producing results and resolving matters. Now, I will require um, all directors' bureau to set targets for their work, and then if there are issues, they must uh, address them, and there must be a stronger accountability culture, so there will be more effective governance. All uh, directors' bureau must submit their targets to the chief executive's office in August. Chief Secretary Eric Chan, who is leading the task force on tackling intergenerational poverty, says his initial thoughts involve formulating a one-year scheme to support 2,000 junior secondary school pupils from low-income families. Mr Chan says the scheme will include mentor matching, personal development planning and financial assistance. We need to teach them how to achieve a uh, proper goal in life and how to plan their life and also how to achieve their, uh, their goal and how step by step to make their dreams to come true. I think this is a very important focus that we are doing now. Chief Executive also said in the Q&A session that top officials and lawmakers would hold informal monthly meetings in the LegCo antechamber as part of efforts to boost communication between the executive and legislative arms. His Federation of Trade Unions lawmaker, Jofi Chan. In the past, the government had been criticised heavily for making policies behind closed doors, perhaps. When the policy came to the electrical for parliamentary scrutiny, there was often little room for changes. So now that we can deliver our views at an early stage in a bottom-up process, the newly made policies will definitely be more responsive to public needs. Health officials say they're concerned that the epidemic situation here is getting worse. The hospital authority says the number of patients admitted with COVID has doubled since early last month, with more people in serious or critical condition. The chief manager at the authority, Dr Gladys Kwan, warned of pressure on the healthcare system and said services might have to be adjusted if the situation keeps on deteriorating. We'll have an overall observation of the service provision as well as the overall condition of the patients. So uh, now we are in uh, our central uh, command committee for operation to discuss every day. So probably we are very cautious about the service adjustment. The Centre for Health Protection reported 2,815 cases today, of which 143 were imported. One more patient with COVID died. The government has not ruled out the idea of setting up a wealth fund modelled on the Singapore government's Tamasek to invest in projects linked to the Greater Bay Area and the Northern Metropolis. Damon Pang has more. The idea to set up a wealth fund came from New People's Party chairwoman Regina Ip, who called on the authorities to inject revenue generated by the three cross harbour tunnels into the fund after authorities take back ownership of the Western Harbour Crossing next year. 
Financial Services Minister Christopher Hoy says in response that officials are looking at different financing options for projects such as the Northern Metropolis. He spoke through an interpreter. There's a good chance that we will have some sort of a cocktail therapy, in other words, a composite plan, because we have to look at the commercial viability and the possibility of introducing private participation and so on for a project before we make estimates and plans. So there are many options, and the option you just mentioned is one that we could consider too. Mr Hoi noted that toll fees generally go into the government's general account, which can be injected into the future fund under the exchange fund. Two election committee sector lawmakers, Wan Di Hong and Carmen Can, called on the government to split the future fund from the exchange fund, which is legally restricted from making high-risk investments. They said a split would allow for a more diversified investment portfolio. Mr Hui says there's already similar diversification and the government's financial resources are not only used to seek monetary returns, but also consolidate to Hong Kong's status as a financial and trade hub in a strategic manner. Tune to RTHK. The time is five minutes past eleven. Civil service groups have called for talks with the chief executive John Lee, saying they're very disappointed with a proposed two point five percent increase after a two year pay freeze. They made the demand after a meeting with civil service chief Ingrid Young. Member of the police council, Lam Chi Wai, says the council and other disciplined forces representatives don't normally speak to the media on this matter because they believe it should be kept internal. He says the public may want to criticise the pay adjustment mechanism or underperforming civil servants, but they should also fairly assess the team's contributions, especially that of the police. You can't wipe out the contributions of the majority of civil servants to the stability of Hong Kong in the past few years, during the black riots and COVID. This is something I cannot accept. A union says railway workers will see their pay fall behind the cost of living after the MTR Corporation announced this year's pay adjustments. MTR staff will receive raises of between 1.6 and 5% after two years of frozen salaries. The vast majority will get at least 3.3% and workers will also get a bonus of between one month and two months salary depending on performance. After talks with management, Tam Kin Chu of the Federation of Railways Trade Unions said it would consult its 4,000 members. During the pandemic, our train services is maintaining normalcy due to our frontline staff hardworking for overtime and working in the rest day. But the adjustment for pay review 2022 is far behind the accumulation for the inflation. So it's regrettable. The Centre for Food Safety has ordered a distributor to dispose of around 200 kilos of mangoes from Taiwan after the surface of one sample tested positive for COVID. Local authorities carried out the testing after samples of mango imports from Taiwan were found to contain the virus in Macau. Book fair organisers say they're reminding the event's 700 exhibitors that they must stick to its guidelines and the law. Sophia Chong is Deputy Executive Director of the fair organiser, the Trade Development Council. All the books, the publications can be displayed in the book fair as long as it is lawful and it is under class one article, meaning that it is non-obscene, non-violent and not indecent. We would like the exhibitors to observe our guidelines under the rules and regulations of the Hong Kong Book Fair, as well as to observe the law in Hong Kong. Thousands of book lovers are expected to crowd the Convention Exhibition Centre in Wan Chai when the week-long event opens on the 20th of this month. The theme this year is History and City Literature. 
Macau has locked down the Grand Lisboa, one of its most famous hotels, after more than a dozen COVID cases were found there yesterday. At least 16 other buildings across the SER were also locked down, with no one allowed to exit or enter. Vicky Wong reports. The Grand Lisboa is the second casino hotel locked down in recent weeks. Macau authorities put the hotel under its list of red code zones on Tuesday, with an expected reopening date of July the 11th. Owned by SJM Holdings, which was started by the late Stanley Ho, the Lisboa is one of the city's most well-known landmarks. The authorities have placed more than 13,000 people under quarantine orders as the world's biggest gambling hub battles to contain its biggest outbreak since the pandemic began. It had largely been COVID-free since an outbreak in October 2021. While the government has stopped short of imposing a full lockdown, most facilities in Macau are shut and restaurants can only provide takeaway. Residents have been asked to stay at home as much as possible and are required to take part in three citywide COVID-19 tests this week. People are also required to take rapid antigen tests in between. Only Macau's casinos have been allowed to stay open in a move to ensure job security. The government relies on the industry for more than 80% of its tax revenue, with most of the population employed directly or indirectly by casino resorts. Macau authorities reported 146 new COVID cases today, taking the tally to more than 1,000 since mid-June. International news, the British Prime Minister Boris Johnson has defended his record amid increasing calls from his own party to step down. Mr Johnson was answering questions in Parliament for the first time since more than a dozen of his fellow Conservative MPs resigned from their roles in government, including two senior cabinet ministers. He said he would continue in the job. It's exactly when, when times are tough and when the country faces pressures on uh, the economy uh, and pressures on their budgets, Mr Speaker, and when we have the biggest war in Europe for 80 years, Mr Speaker, uh, that, is when, that is exactly the moment that you'd expect a government uh, to continue with its work, not to walk away, uh, Mr Speaker, and to get on with our job and to focus on the things that matter to the people of this country. The leader of the opposition Labour Party repeated accusations that the Prime Minister had issued misleading statements on a number of occasions. Keir Starmer condemned Mr Johnson and his newly appointed ministers. What a pathetic spectacle. Exactly. The, the, the dying act of his political career is to parrot that nonsense. Yep. And as for those who are left, only in office, because no one else is prepared to debase themselves any longer, the charge of the lightweight brigade. <laughs> BBC's Rob Watson watched the exchanges. It was certainly a pretty extraordinary session. You can't help picking out several points. One is the grim faces on the governing Conservative Party benches behind Boris Johnson. Amidst all this, with this sort of real sense in the chamber, you could just tell it that the Prime Minister's authority is ebbing away. But he was still actually remarkably defiant and remains defiant. European Commission Chief Ursula von der Leyen says the European Union needs to make emergency plans to prepare for a complete cut-off of Russian gas in the wake of the Kremlin's uh, attack on Ukraine. The EU has already imposed sanctions on Russia, including on some energy supplies, and is gearing away from Kremlin-controlled deliveries. But Mrs von der Leyen says the bloc needed to be ready for shock disruptions coming from Moscow. We need to prepare now for further disruption of gas supply and even a complete cut-up of, of Russian gas supply. 
Just to give you a, uh, a figure, today, 12 member states are already directly affected by partial or total cutoff of Russian gas. So it is obvious Putin continues to use energy as a weapon. And this is why the Commission is working on a European emergency plan. We will present this plan and the necessary instruments by mid-July. Australian Prime Minister Anthony Albanese says long-term solutions were needed for his country as Sydney deals with flooding. Floodwaters had inundated or were threatening the homes of 85,000 people around Sydney as rivers started to recede and heavy rains tracked north of Australia's largest city. Ms Albanese said the fourth major flood event across the city and its surroundings since March last year that followed devastating wildfires in the same region were evidence of the need for climate action. What we know is that Australia has always been subject of floods, of bushfires, uh, but we know that the science told us that uh, if, uh, if, if we continued uh, to not take action globally on climate change, uh, then these events, extreme weather events, would be more often and more intense. And what we're seeing, unfortunately, is, is that play out. Ms Albanese and New South Wales Premier Dominic Perrottet were ambassadors during a visit to a charity in the town of Windsor by a resident affected by the floodwaters. He urged them both to devise an action plan to prevent future flooding. This is ongoing. You're going to be turning up again in the next three or four months. The flow-on effect is, I'm not at work today and I won't be at work for the next couple of days. Yeah. Businesses around us, they won't be at work and they won't be open for the next couple of days. The cost that is incurred, not only to the government, but to the locals, it's ongoing. But we've been, we talked about this, this happened three months ago. Yeah. And everyone was talking about fixing the same problem, it's all on the radio, but nothing happened. So from our point of view, like when I go back home, we've tried ringing up local government and, and, and state government, no one's going to help me clean up. Sport and in tennis, former women's singles champion Simona Halep has booked a place in the Wimbledon semi-finals in style. She had an easy time against American Amanda Anisimova in the last eight, winning 6-2, 6-4. Halep next faces Elena Rybakina of Kazakhstan, who beat Elia Tomjalanovic of Australia in three sets, 4-6, 6-2, 6-3. Now the weather, mainly cloudy with occasional showers and a few thunderstorms. Temperatures range between 27 degrees and 30 degrees, temperatures can be 28 degrees, humidity 85%. And now the guidelines once again. So that's the news from RTHK. RTHK Radio I saw her sitting in the rain Raindrops falling on her She didn't seem to care She sat there and smiled at me Then I
Sills. I think it's fair to say they were one-hit wonders. I can't really think of anything else they did. The rain, the park, and other things. And that brings the time to 18 minutes past 11 on a Wednesday night here in Hong Kong. The dying embers thereof. A new day just a few minutes away. And, of course, our sentimental journey at five past midnight. Thanks for those who've been in touch. Fairly quiet tonight, which is fine. You know, if you're enjoying the music, or maybe there's something on the telly. No doubt that. Probably nothing on the telly these days. Uh, cheers to Les as well for taking the trouble just to say hi. It's very nice to hear from you. Here's Billy Joe Come and look out through the window That big old moon is shining down Tell me now, don't it remind you Of a blanket on the ground Remember back when love first found us We'd go slipping 